Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. So, Matt, we have a special guest with us today, and he apparently has a little story. Yes, we do. <laughs> or, or maybe. <laughs> maybe he has a story. I don't, I, don't I don't know if you've ever had him on before, actually. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's very special. Probably no one's ever heard of him before. Yeah, my name is Sid. I, nice to meet you guys. You're... <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Sid. I've heard good things, uh, and I'm glad to be joining you for the first time. <laughs> good. Well, we're happy to have you here, Sid. I'm glad to be here. No, for real, it's glad to, to good, it's fun to be with you guys again. It is. I don't know. I think you're probably our number one most frequent guest. For a while, it was kind of back and forth with you and Robert Cheek, and I think even Ray Cronus was in there, but uh, I'm pretty sure you you've started to run away with it. I don't Which, even know. Uh, is it five? Or, it could be five or six. I don't it's, know. It's it's crazy. It's, it's a lot. Crazy. But yeah. always something new and always something fun and right. related to well, related to a lot of things. This time back to nutrition. But we've had we've had you talking about why you don't take showers. That's one yeah. of our most popular episodes still. <laughs> uh, Talked about parenting. We did a parenting one. Yes, it's, I know. It's, it's all over the map. We've run the gamut. It's it's true. And we've done we've had beer together on on a podcast or some sort of thing we did. Did we? A hangout. Yeah. We had a hangout once. Oh, we did have a hangout. <clears throat> oh yeah, right. We had a hangout. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we've gone from um, yeah, we've gone from showering to parenting to beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and now we're back to back to nutrition. Now we're back to nutrition. Thank goodness. Yes. We all need yeah. it. So what's we're... the story? What's the story we have? I have. <laughs> I don't know if it's a story, right? But well, go ahead, Sid. Well, I don't. I don't know. Doug and I were talking off mic when, when I mean off uh, when Matt was getting his technology in in order, as they say, and um, and we were and Matt Doug was telling me that he's in a band, and I was really happy to hear that. And so mm-hmm. we were discussing music, and all I was saying was, and I know that Matt, you play drums, uh-huh. um, but for my fiftieth birthday, which is coming up in December, my gift to myself was that I wanted to get my band the um, back together and play a show one show the shq is coming the back. the shq the shq is coming back we haven't played together for 10 years the rest of the guys are all still down in la so i um emailed slash called and said what do you think and they were all like great and so we just booked a show for february 10th in los angeles and so i'm wow. really excited about that yeah we're gonna do a mix of a bunch of stuff from our different various records and and um and just have fun it's wow. all ages all ages shows my kids want to see and it's fun we're just gonna go down there for the weekend Awesome. I know. It sounds like the police getting back together sort of thing. It's a little, it's a little like that. I'm sure the crowd size will be pretty similar. Right. And, You're going to uh, be like a big DVD thing about it and all <laughs> it'll that. Be, it'll, <laughs> be, it'll, be, it'll be definitely, a, it's going to be a thing. I mean, yes. it'll be a thing. Right. And No, so it'll be, it'll be really fun. And I, I mean, I hope. And um, yeah, so that's what's... Well, I don't think people know. I mean, I'm sure we mentioned it really early in this podcast because in our very first episode, Sid, you and I at the Stanford Inn, we, uh, we talked about music. We did. And I think we were... Back in those days, Rich Roll wasn't who he is now, and we were saying we might get him in our band, but I don't think we're going to do that anymore. <laughs> I just, just don't see us getting him. No, neither uh, you nor I can afford that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so I don't think people know this, but you you were a a professional musician, a touring musician. You have albums out. Yes. Uh, you have a PayPal address that is, I think, Sid at the SHQ.com or something uh, like that. It's at the uh, SHQ at the SHQ.com. There you yeah, go. It's, it's, it's the so if anyone wants quart- to send money to the band. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It's the Sid Holman Quartet. Yeah, I still have a few leftover places where I use that email address. But yeah, it used to be my main one. But yeah, it was the Sid Holman Quartet. And it's I, I use the music for my podcast, you know, like at the end of my shows and stuff. And so mm-hmm. people who listen to me generally know that I 
play music because they know those songs. So, right. But anyway, yeah. And that, for some reason, when I heard that name quartet, I got the sense that it was going to be like jazz type music, but it's not that. It's it's like what Americana indie rock. It's a little like yeah, it's like indie rock with a little bit of western. Um, the quartet was definitely an an homage, not to sound uh, lame, mm-hmm. but yeah, an homage to, to to jazz. It's my drummer played with brushes a lot, um, most of the songs actually, and so it definitely had a that kind of rhythmic thing going on. And I'm a huge okay. jazz man. So it Doug was definitely a lot of brushes purpose. in his band, I think. Do you, Doug? A little bit. Less <laughs> yeah, so these I was days. I just kidding. I didn't know that you oh, did that. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, love, okay. I, I didn't want to call you out and say no. But. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to disagree with you. Yeah. No, I, I really like the sound of brushes and it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. So it's, it's somebody called us, a reviewer called us country music on heroin. And I think that pretty there much summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah, uh, so that's what that is. So we'll have to do a double header, Doug. Your your band and my yeah, band. Yeah, can I open for the SH- totally SH- come out come out in L- to LA and open <laughs> yeah. for us? We have a we have a pretty uh, steep fee that we we charge. What is the name of your band? The Doug Hay Experience? <laughs> no, Primitive Studio. What? Primitive Studio. <laughs> okay, it's a terrible name. No, it's <laughs> not the best name. <laughs> we almost broke name. up over over uh, trying to come up with a band name. And so you stayed together so with said, Primitive Studio. <laughs> yeah, it was the only thing we could we could at all agree on. It sounds so like it was two words from completely different I, a band name ideas that you compromised. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of actually, that is actually exactly how it happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the IP, you know this? Have you heard of this IPA naming game people do now? No. You just look around you outside, I think, and you just say an adjective and a noun, and then okay. you have a name for a new IPA, like Crooked Tree IPA, or okay. Or, or, I don't know. It's the it's the Sounds mad li- it's the Mad Libs of IPA naming. Yeah, which is how Doug I think came up with Primitive Studio. Primitive, yeah, primitive Studio. That is that is really I mean that's pretty accurate in the way that it happened. But, but we didn't break up, and we have a name that no one's happy with, and that's fine. <laughs> it's all about the music, man. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. It's all about the the experience, you yeah. know. Good. So, well, there we go. What what else is going on? Let's see. Uh, Matt, I mean, last time we talked, you were had you were pretty tired because you had been up all night. Yes, I had been up. You know, it was that. Uh, so I'm, I got back in. We've talked. This is a, a fairly perennial sort of podcast topic. Is the is the daily fantasy sports mm-hmm. thing that we both get into now and then? Yeah, I got back into that, especially soccer. I've gotten really into the to the betting oh, on soccer. Interesting. Yes, because those games are happen all the time, including like in the afternoons most days. <laughs> But I have to ask you, Matt. So you can sit at your computer all day, every day. Anyway. But I have to ask Matt. I have to ask Matt something. Did you actually stay up all night? Like you pulled an all-nighter? No, no, no. Okay. I don't think I've done that in my life, actually. I mean, if I've ever made it up an all-nighter, I'm asleep by 7 a.m. I mean, it's just, I don't, my body doesn't work that way. Except during the 100-miler, I somehow did. But then I fell asleep in the parking lot. Okay, so you haven't. After finishing. You haven't, but you stay up late, but you haven't done it all. I just haven't. No, no. It was the, you know, it was the opening Monday night game where ESPN always, uh, does two games on the first opening night of the NFL or opening Monday night, I should say. Um, so one of them is like always a West coast game and it starts at 10 PM. And I was just up. I just kept watching it. Cause I, cause for a little while I was in the hunt because with this daily fantasy thing, you enter these huge tournaments and you very rarely win them. But if you actually get first place in them, you get like half a million dollars or something. So every time I do this, I'm like, I, this is like a lottery that I might have some chance of winning. It makes you right. feel like you could somehow win, especially right. when you look at it and you realize you're only in a thousandth place out of 
you know, a billion people in it, and you think, well, this is going to be my night, and I'm not going to go into work tomorrow morning. I'm going to just, I'm done. <laughs> right. I'm gonna checking out of my whole thing, no more podcasts, nothing else. I'm yeah. Walk away from it all. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the dream. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Doug's and, like, shit, I hope he doesn't win. Yeah. So anyway, and, and what happened this particular night was that I, it was that situation, and then it, it got to be like 1230. It was like, I'm not staying up to one, and then one rolled around, and wow. finally ended up winning $6 from the, from the thing. <laughs> And invested so a you lot did of show hours. up the next day, and you're just really tired. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So I, I st- almost still didn't show up for work the next day, but <laughs> for a different reason. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's about twenty five cents an hour, Matt. That's not bad. Right. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you you are. I mean, technically, you're a professional player. <laughs> you, yeah, you could argue that. You got paid. There's a, actually a great commercial. Maybe you guys have seen it. If you guys watch the watch the football, uh, and it starts with the guy saying. He says, no job, no family, just just walk away. And the other guy's like, no, Phil, what's your number one fantasy pick? And then he and then he says, <laughs> he says whatever, I don't know, David Johnson or something. It's just such a great commercial. I, I love so, that. that. That is very funny. <laughs> Not your overall fantasy. <laughs> just fantasy pick. That's so great. Oh, that's anyway, funny. so good times with that. Nothing, nothing like when... Uh, the the famous time when Sid came and stayed on Nana Hayes' couch, and <laughs> when I was living at Nana Hayes, which is Doug's grandmother, for those who don't know, Nana yep. Hay, and I was uh, I was all into the the math software building models for fantasy football, and that that didn't pan out either. And I think, first of all, Nana Hay is also her rap name, and all, and second <laughs> second of all, um, I think your com- <laughs> I think I think your com- Nana Hay, I think your computer was in the area where I was sleeping. No? <laughs> like I was on a couch and you were, I kind of would, I kind of open my eyes and there would be Matt. There on the computer. on the keys. Laying, yeah. I, that was a strange period. I would get all hopped up on uh, Benadryl because I, I was having serious allergic problems with mold that had forced me out of my previous oh, house. Right, right, and, right. And for some reason, when I got to Nana Hayes' house, I, I just, floodgates opened. So I, I remember a lot of weird mornings where I was really, really drowsy at the computer doing that work yeah i remember i remember you, i remember you seen i remember seeing you sitting in that computer and i thought that's a little odd it was especially odd when i realized the computer wasn't on <laughs> <laughs> yes how funny is it that sid slept on my grandmother's couch and maybe yeah, before you really knew sid could that be because i think we I all went did, out to I the barely knew duck yeah we went out to the to the yeah. trailhead or something together yeah we had a beer, beer together. we went out to a beer, yeah. beer i mean that was the first time i ever met duck barely had talked to him yeah, that that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. But sleeping on his ground on Nana Hayes, <laughs> Nana, Nana Hayes couch. <laughs> what a funny life. I know it is. Ah, yes. Good. Ah, yes. Good times. So anyway, <laughs> we could just keep doing this. No, or, people said or, we can't do that. People voted not to have every episode be just just chat. They voted. <laughs> they want wow. content. That's harsh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but we do we do have a, a great topic today, which is, um, you know, we wanted to kind of highlight a discussion we started, or Sid started on the blog, which was the only four healthy eating rules you'll ever need to follow. Which is not many healthy eating rules. No. But it's more than one, because a lot of people just say eat whole plants and that's all you need to think about. Right. And I think if you're only going to follow one rule, it's a pretty good one. But, uh, but four is good. I think if I have a post on the blog that I wrote a long time ago... Um, which I think was ten of them, and uh-huh. I felt like that was pretty that was pretty bare bones. I would try to keep that very simple. So four is is going uh, extreme minimalist, if you will, on it the is. number of rules. So I'm eager to 
get into this and discuss them and try to uh, try to defeat them and and you know point out defeat where they, where they fall short or find <laughs> to pull holes in to it. Pull yeah. holes, sure, exactly. Sure, this is this is always hard hitting. <laughs> it is. I think what we do could be described as hard hitting journalism on the Matthew Reed. It is <laughs> gotcha yeah. journalism. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. All right. On the... <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, we, hey, we haven't mentioned Sid's credentials here. Sid, no, we haven't. No. You're a nutritionist. Yeah. You're an author. Right. Well, you're you're a plant based nutritionist, but I don't think you go by that, right? You don't like to pigeonhole yourself as like the vegan nutritionist guy. You're just no. a nutritionist who happens to choose that diet. Yeah. I think we would we could we could all agree that um, that you can eat non-vegan stu- some non-vegan stuff and be totally healthy. There's plenty of people that are, um, mm-hmm. but so uh, but I don't for non-nutritional reasons. You know, so it's that, that weird thing of like as a nutritionist, I'm trying to educate people on healthy eating. And yes, I think whole plants are definitely the healthiest. Why I never eat anything but plants is has nothing to do with nutrition. Right. You know, that's like it goes into the ethical realm. And yeah, and like I that. think I think a lot of us are that way. I mean, there are certainly some people listening to this will will disagree strongly with that, of course, because some people, uh, you know, don't like to believe that you could possibly eat animal products and it be healthy. And some of them have a good maybe reason for believing that. Some that's just what people do when they kind of get religious about things. They just say this is how it is, and and then science doesn't matter anymore. So. Yeah. But I, I'm like you when I think. I mean, I don't know. I guess I. It is the ethical thing that keeps me from ever eating animal products. That's right. Uh, but I also like that. I, I kind of wonder if if that weren't there, and I did allow myself sometimes to eat animal products, uh, knowing that if I you know keep it under five or ten percent of my calories, then then it wouldn't really harm me at least as far as science can suggest. Yeah. I don't know that I would follow it. I I just I feel like I would just it would just be this awful slippery slope, and I would I just would go back to eating a normal diet because well, and I, I'd start stopping at McDonald's and saying, well, this is less than five to ten percent of the time. See, I wouldn't. And even then, do, yeah, yeah, it just wouldn't be good. So I don't know. So the, in a way, that is sort of a nutritional reason for being a hundred percent. It, it well, I find it easier to not think about it, frankly. Right. Um, but but also I, the way I look at it is like you know like you like drinking beer, right? You're like and you've been into wine lately. Well, maybe. Whatever. But I mean, you don't do, but in other words, <laughs> I would liken an animal product to like when I have a single malt scotch, you know, mm-hmm. it's it, animal products are healthier than single malt scotch, you know? So, it, so mm-hmm. if I have, so I, and I don't, but I don't drink scotch that often. So the whole point, you know, the point is, is like, I, I have it, it's not tanking me healthy wise. So if the analogy were to that level of animal product, I'd be just as fine as I am right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, for me, I don't know if it'd be a slippery slope of like, screw it. Cause it's not that way with something like scotch or something like, yeah, you know, we had oil. I'm not like guzzling myself in oil. Cause I have a little bit of oil now and then, you know, it's just a matter of finding where I can fit it in. That doesn't yeah. bother me, yeah. you know, health wise. Yeah. You know, Good. I don't know. And anyway. I, I do think that there's there's a lot of value in having that kind of structure, right? That the guidelines to follow. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, so anyway, we didn't oh, finish. Ahead. So Sid yeah. is an author of multiple books, approaching the natural. As I've said many times, one of my very favorite books. We gave that out to hundreds of people when we first launched the Nomad Athlete Academy. It was just a free right. bonus. We shipped it out, and uh, that makes it by far the most I've ever given out any book. And I'm I'm always oh, always cool. like to point that out. It's such, I think it's such a good book. It is a small and pocket size and consumable within uh, within a morning, and <laughs> almost. <laughs> I mean, it is. You could you could skim that pretty quickly and get yeah. through it in probably three four hours of, of reading, and uh, it just has such good practical tips and guidelines. I think we've even I've mailed that to my mother in law. In fact, 
so there's there's just a wonderful little book to get, and it's cheap on Amazon. So go check that out if you have not ever uh, experienced approaching the natural. And also uh, author of Raising Healthy Parents, which I was proud to write the foreword of, book about kind of a parenting book that I don't know touches on diet a good bit, but but is more about just just kind of taking the same attitude you have towards other things and applying that to parenting. Yeah, is that fair. Yeah, healthy families. It's how to you know how to maintain and a thriving family. You know, as, mm-hmm. as taking care of yourself first. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and let's see, you're the you're the wellness programs director. Is that still your title at Stanford? In it is wellness programs director. And you do some kitchen work there as well now, right? Little well, I food. help manage the kitchen staff, and I'll teach cooking classes on occasion. But uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. so busy there. Good. And yeah. you're the small step guy. You're the small step advocate, TM, right? I am the small step advocate guy. Yeah, I don't use that term that uh, title so much these days, but I definitely talk about small steps because I mm-hmm. run the small steppers. So that's all all out there for sure. Yeah. And and you're the race director of a yeah. Of a, I was gonna say ultra marathon, of a vegan ultra marathon. Yeah, one of only two vegan ultra marathons in the entire country, as far as I know. At least it was for the last few years. There may be another one now, but uh, but it was one of two, and and done wow. really well. And it's going into its fourth year. Awesome. Sells out in a matter of hours. Named Mendocino it, County, is that right? Yeah, Mendocino on the Mendocino Coast. Coast. Doug's run it twice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what's Matt it named? The race. Is, if wants to look it up. The Mendocino Coast. 50k ah, but you can go to mendocino ultra mendocino ultra.com is the website okay yeah good dogs run it twice it's a, it's a fun race i've run it yes. twice won it how many times <laughs> well i will say doug did you not you were top 10 or top 20 you've you kind of killed it the first 10, year i think i think it was i know I'm, well i don't know i know i think i was top 10 the first year and i'm not sure yeah you, was there a hefty yeah, prize you, purse for, for that yeah. Nope. Uh, the free burrito bar. Well, there, what, Doug got to <laughs> yes, and Doug got to to hang to stay at my house and help me load the truck. That was fun. Oh, well, what what more could you ask for than that? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, let's see. Also, Sid, you were a uh, you were a podcaster, and then you quit your podcast famously, and then you have now started a new one, which I didn't know about. Called what Sid thinks. I'm uh, I'm up to episode. I don't know what I did last seventeen, sixteen, or seventeen. Okay. Good. Um, launched it in basically beginning of july so it's very new and fresh and fun and i'm having a good time with it good and and you're Freeform. a youtuber as well right i mean you're still and i'm a youtuber YouTubing. every week yeah man All this is quite stuff. the quite the credential list too. Yeah, i said you've done quite a quite a lot of things it's a lot of stuff i keep busy i keep very busy um sometimes a little too busy for my for my taste but then i manage it i hope <laughs> so yeah good Excellent. So now That's people me. know who Cigars and Helmet is if you, if you didn't know up until now. Yeah. And uh, with that, I guess let's let's just get to our topic. Let's begin. Food rules. Okay. Four rules. So what do we got? Oh, you want me to talk? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Who wants to talk at all? Doug, get in there. Yeah, all right. All right. So, so there are four rules, right? The first one is the one you say is... Uh, Rule number one, eat whole plants. Yeah. Well, can Tell I... Tell us about that one. Well, can I start by talking about rules in general? Do you mind? Yeah, why don't you do that? Because some people, they're, they, they, it, you know, their ire, they, their ire gets raised, whatever that means. Uh, they, they, you know, uh, rules, like, well, I don't want rules around. I don't want to make rules around food. And so my thinking about it is that, first of all, these are like healthy eating rules rather than more about 
actual i mean a couple of them are food related specifically but then there's others that are that are you know we'll, we'll talk about those but anyway i think everybody has rules whether they want to admit it or not there, there are people who have told me you know well you're really militant because you don't eat animal products i'm like do you eat mcdonald's and they go no and i go okay well you have a line you know like you have your own lines this is just a line for me and it, the question is where is your i think everybody has a sort of Nobody, a lot of people I know don't eat dogs, for instance. There, you know, there's like a, a rule that they have, whether they've, whether they've quantified it or not. And so to me, if you're going to do something that is for the benefit of you and your family and to feel better in your life, it does mean sometimes jumping in and saying, I'm going to set some parameters. And I think that's a good thing. I think we can make it negative if we become militant about stuff. But I think in general, to have rules is is a good thing. Uh, it can be a good thing. So I, I just want to preface it by saying that by before people go, well, I don't want any f rules around food. Well, sometimes it's to make you feel really good and to live a life you want to live. And I, and, and in that case, I'm all for it. I also think that, that, uh, that a lot of the rules that people have, although maybe not strict, I never break this rule, but just sort of, uh, I don't know. I don't know if paradigm is the right thing, but, but these things about how one should eat these ideals about how one should eat, uh, a lot of people have those, and I think I would argue that your rules actually get rid of a whole lot of those. Like, I, I should have this much protein, this much carbohydrate, and this much fat, even if not specifically. Sorry, dog barking. Um, you know, even if people don't have that specific thing in their head that says I need X percent of protein, and X percent of fat, they still have a picture of this is what a plate should look like as far as uh, what a whole, uh, what well-rounded, well-balanced meal looks like, and I mean, that's a pretty yes. big rule that that is you know, pervades pretty much everything you do as far as food goes. And your rules kind of get rid of all that. That's right. Because that that's, to me, that's a good, really good point. Because that's, to me, the, the kinds of rules that can be <clears throat> prohibitive to eating, to, to, to living a good life. They can be all-consuming. And as I'm speaking, you know, around and, and doing the things that I do, I'm noticing more people um, d sort of moving into that militant, realm that restrictive mindset realm and it makes me it, wor it worries me and i don't want to do anything that 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 you know keeps that in moving in that direction i'd rather kind of steer people in the other direction of freeing them up in ways and i think that rules can be helpful in that way too i'm a rule follower i like rules <laughs> i think they're fine you know it's <laughs> it's only like I, what I want people to do is remember that if they're making rules about the way that they eat and live, that, that oh, never to forget that they're rules that you made. And if you right. all of a sudden become owned by the rules you made, then you've, you've lost. Like if you're now beholden to the very rules you created, you're gonna, it's going to be not a good picture for you long term. So, yeah, that's what I'd say about that. So, um, so let's get yeah. into the rules. Yeah, what are they? Okay. Well, the whole the whole plants is pretty uh, pretty straight up. Um, it's it's it really is a thing where if you eat a variety of whole plants, it, I know this is like crazy for most people to understand, but it's the stuff's there. Um, whole plants have fat, protein, carbohydrate, vitamins, minerals, you know, all the stuff that you guys have, and I've talked about forever. They have them, and when you get overwhelmingly more of your diet from whole plants and a variety of it, you're going to be fine. And so. To simplify that in that way, and rather than what Matt was talking about when people are like, you know, this much percentage of carbohydrate, this much, yes, there's studies on that. And, you know, I'm, I think you guys are in the same boat I am, which, you know, if I had to say, you know, 10% to 15 tops of protein kind of thing. But I just, I just don't think that applies to most people living 
regular lives, if you're a, an elite uh, professional athlete, you probably should dive in a little bit heavier on those kinds of things. But day to day people living, it doesn't, I don't measure count or weigh anything for me or my family. And, and that's very easy to do day to day. So that's again, where I kind of want to move people as much as I can. Great. You there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys, you guys don't have to be here. I could just keep going. <laughs> 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 I was like, like is there, are they here? Hello. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the problem with uh, three people do, being in three different places. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah. Thoughts but on talk that? To, talk to us about so your, your big box and or heavy box, light box philosophy. Because I think that's a good way to kind of put context around eating whole, whole foods. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I, um, when I wrote my first book, Approaching the Natural, it was the part of there's one chapter on food and the rest is about everything but food but um i started to try to figure out a way that i could explain this in the way that i saw it and i in when i was in school to get my nutrition certification you know i came across the terminology which everyone's heard and of an empty calorie and everyone understands they know what if i'm teaching i say what is an empty calorie and everyone goes soda like they kind of understand the idea of an empty calorie all i did was envision that to be a gift box uh, um, and an empty calorie would be an empty box, essentially. So I, I basically said, think of the wrapping paper that is on any present that you get as the calories, protein, fat, carbohydrate. And inside the box is the everything else that comes with food, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, fiber, and water. And that's inside the box. And so that the heavier the box, the healthier the food. And every box has wrapping paper. That was the one I wanted people to understand. Like that's the constant of what food is. Food, if, if it's something is food for us, it means that we can convert it to energy. That's the baseline. That doesn't change whether food is healthy or not. It's, it, it has something that we can convert to energy. When you look in the box, then there's a very big difference between something that is like white sugar that sure it has calories. Of course, um, we, you know, it has calories, but inside the box, there's nothing. Whereas something like a banana or a lettuce has calories of course like because it's food also but inside the box it has a ton so i wanted people just to get away from this concern so much about protein fat or carbohydrate that's sort of the baseline definition of food and then instead to focus on inside and say okay what's coming with the calories like i take the wrapping paper off when i get a gift and i chuck it because that's not what i want to know i want to know what's inside the gift that's the value is what's in the box not how well it's wrapped so it was just a, it was more of a mental, I mean, a way to explain nutrition in a very simple way, but also to move pe people's focus to what I think is really where the value is at in food, which is the stuff that comes with the calories, not the calories. Um, the only reason you'd be hyper concerned about calories to me is if you were, if you can't find enough to eat, you know, then you would be like, I'll just eat anything. Give me, I don't care if it's healthy or not. Um, but short of that, it's, it really is most about, mostly about what's in the box. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think a lot of our <laughs> modern nutrition understanding well i shouldn't say modern what's in existence now is kind of left over from this period when people didn't have enough to eat and that's kind of i think where this focus on types of calories really originated was when people weren't getting enough protein because they weren't getting enough calories uh people started to realize like you have to, have to make sure you get certain amounts of things but now that we all get enough to eat for the most part listening to this you probably do um that's way way less important than what's inside the box so to speak, the, the micronutrients, the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, all that stuff. Um, and we, we've talked about this a little bit on Nomad Athlete before. We usually just kind of talk about it in the with the term nutrient-dense. And mm -hmm. 
you know, that doesn't quite, I guess nutrient, it's, it's not exactly the same as your analogy because when you talk about nutrient density, for me, I think of Joel Furman's formula, this, that health equals nutrients divided by calories or nutrition divided uh-huh. by calories, if you want. Um, which means if the, the more, the more nutrients per calorie, the yeah. better a food is, which means that, you know, it gets, it gets bonus points for having more nutrients, but it also gets bonus points by having fewer calories. So more nutrients in fewer calories is better. Um, and I guess, I guess yours is a somewhat of a simplification of that even because you're not really penalizing for having lots of calories. You're just kind of talking about in a, in a, uh, giving a constant amount of wrapping paper, a constant, you know, shininess of that wrapping paper. There's a varying amount of nutrition in there. Yeah, it did vary. And things do vary like nuts and seeds to me aren't, aren't, are, are definitely a heavy box, but they're not quite as heavy as something like lettuce. And when mm-hmm. you, and, and, and again, but I think you're right, which is that it is about the, what uh, the amount of the micronutrients that come with the macronutrients. So in a sense, it is that density thing. I, it's just, and Furman's stuff is great. It's just, uh, do people really want to start trying to do the math on, you know, like right. I don't want, again, like it's just a way day to day people. That's where I'm, that's where my work is a hundred percent focused right now is pe- just regular going to work, raising family type people. And I want to make them help them if they're open to it, think a lot less about food, especially on that level. And and I think that the heavy boxing is like, oh, okay, when I teach, they're like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> you can just mm-hmm. see the weight come off their shoulders because they've been over-informed and thinking that they have to read 1500 books on, on this and they don't. And, and, and it's making them a little bit crazy, frankly. And so when they realize that they don't have to think about food that much, they, they, it's a lightning of the load. Right. And yeah, and I agree that this is perhaps the most important food concept there is and it's one i mean if you focus on the heavy box light box thing that actually implies the eat whole plants philosophy right like it's not that you eat whole plants and then you focus on that it's the reason to eat whole plants is because if you do that you'll primarily be eating the heavy box foods so uh for me that rule is probably the one that that matters most i mean certain people and and certainly in my old days uh it would be it would be make sure you get enough protein was what mattered most when i was in college and trying to put on weight and and even after that when i just thought that was important because everyone says protein's important but now that has become many other things but what it really primarily is most days is make sure you get a lot of micronutrients and that's kind of the main thing and then however else i eat the day during the day is you know it varies but it's there's that core of micronutrients that kind of is is on every plate of food I make, every snack I have. Like that's the question that is there: is this is this nutrient dense or not? Yeah, and you and you know, and you can, and, and in theory, ideally, I would say when you're when you're kind of free in the way you think, you you can adjust based on if you're training for a race or if you're not training for a race. If you're on vacation, if you happen to be particularly stressed at work, then you can then you can make adjustments rather than saying, oh no, I, this is how I eat no matter how my life is. Well, that it, it doesn't work for if you want to be happy. That's all I'm saying. And I, and I think that almost 100% of people who decide to eat healthier are doing so in theory because they want to feel better. And all of a sudden, if you're not feeling better because you've got such a strict thing going on, um, then you're kind of defeating the purpose. Good. Wonderful. So, yeah. All right. On to rule number two. Okay. Which I like because rule um, number two starts to give a little little bit more, just a little narrower, right? A little right. more focus. So, yeah, and so and and so this is another way to just sim- so when I, as I'm t- as my teaching because I teach classes at the end so if if this is when I'm actually in the, more of a nutrition mode where more than I usually do in, in my 
other stuff with small steppers and stuff. But so when I talk about, it, I try to really simplify. So one is the heavy box, light box thing. The other one is, is, is to focus on what I think are not getting enough dew necessarily. And that's fiber and water. And I would say even more than that is fiber to the point where it's pretty much to me, if your food has fiber in it, it means it's healthy. And, and this is a weird thing because again, people don't, they kind of go, oh, fiber, they know what it generally does. If, when I ask in classes, they go, oh, it helps you, helps keep you regular. I go, yes. But all this talk about probiotics and microbiome and healthy gut bacteria, and we, and then understanding what people don't understand about that, most people, which is that the fiber is what feeds that bacteria. And I, and so if your food has fiber in it, if you're eating foods more often than not that have fiber in them, they're going to be good for you. I mean, that's kind of what it is. A lot of people have said, oh, my doctor told me I need more fiber. And then he or she told them to eat, you know, to do Metamucil, which is like the fiber <laughs> extracted, you know, and it's like this crazy thing. So if your food has fiber, is, is it just naturally occurring? It's going to just generally have everything else that comes with it. So it's even, in a way, it's an even more simple, simple way to look at food. My only hesitation is I don't want people eating, you know, nuts and seeds all day and have that be their primary calorie source. But nuts and seeds are healthy and food that has fiber in it is healthy on top of that people ask a lot of times you know are you a raw foodie and i go no i eat a mixture of of cookie cooked and and not um cookies did you but say i cookies, don't cookie i eat a lot of cookies uh, and not um, and, uh, more often than not uh numinos but but yeah so but but one thing i want people to understand is is that their food some foods have well a lot of foods have water in them and and so to at least include some food that hasn't been cooked to the point where it doesn't have water in it um, is a good thing too, because it help, does help hydrate you factually, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. So it's just sort of like have a good base of stuff that has fiber and water in it and everything else, it's amazing. And then the other stuff now and then, and you kind of can adjust, make adjustments and tweaks based on your lifestyle. And it's kind of that simple, at least ideally. Okay, good. So I really like this. And again, this this is also a really nice replacement for get X amount of protein, X amount of, or Y amount of carbohydrate and Z amount of fat and just like eat whole plants and focus on these, these things. And that's so much simpler than that other junk. So I liked it for that reason. My, the objection that I can imagine someone having is saying fiber seems like it's just fiber, right? Our body doesn't even digest fiber, right? It just goes through us. Accurate. Well, no, I mean the bacteria breaks it down, but yes, it doesn't, our body, our bodies don't take it in. Yes, that's right. true. So that makes it seem like fiber is fiber, whether I get it from tree bark or metamucil or nuts, right? And well, and, and water is water. Whether I drink it right. out of my eight glasses a day, which I don't actually do, but I know people like to yeah. like to do that, uh, right. or whether I get it in my in my fresh foods. So are you are you saying? that the reason that you're suggesting these things that we focus on these things is really because they lead us to make better food choices independent almost of the amount of fiber that's in there and the amount of water that's in there like because focusing on raw food or focusing on water rich foods will lead you towards raw fruits and vegetables which many of us are not getting enough of for other reasons than water but but potentially also water and that it will lead us towards you know making better choices when we choose uh, some sort of bread that we'll choose one that has higher fiber in it and therefore be getting more of a whole grain bread than a refined flour bread um and it just leads us to eating more whole foods than processed foods is is it sort of that secondary effect of making these choices or is it really the the water and the fiber that you think are so important that make these this rule worth following 
I would say the former more than the latter. I would say that this is a way to to easily eat a healthy diet without having to overthink it if you just kind of go, is it heavy box? Does it have fiber and water? Then I'm good. And and so secondarily, yes, water hydrating and fiber feeds the good gut bacteria, and, and those are essential. But I think your first point is more where I was going with it, which is you don't have to overthink this. If you're focused on at least including some stuff that has f- fiber and water and food, you know, not tree bark because that's not food for us. And so, and neither is Metamucil. That's when you sort of get out. But if you're looking at food actually that you can consume and convert to energy that has fiber and water in it, it's going to by de facto be healthy and you're going to be good on it. And that way you can generally go like, oh yeah, cool. I'm good that way. I don't have to get, I feel like we're micromanaging our diets now. And, and in doing so, we're, we're, we're so hyper like about, we love percentages as if we can ever really know like perfect 10% or whatever. Like it's just the amount of time and, and laboratories we would need to measure and, and, you know, analyze everything that we're eating to achieve the things that we want to achieve. 10% exactly. It's like, geez, the, our bodies are really smart. And when we give our bodies things that are full of a lot of things, and I mean, I mean that in the most simple way, like that. If we give our body the things that are full of the most things, our bodies can figure it out. It, it, they use what they need. They get rid of what they don't. But we, we don't trust our bodies a lot, and we think we've got to overanalyze these things. And I think that if you can sort of go, look, you know, focus on fiber and water, uh, plant foods that have those things, and your body's going to have its tools to do its job and do all the things that you're asking it to do, and you don't have to go too much deeper than that unless you're like your job if you're a professional athlete dictates that okay well that's a different story mm-hmm. what do you think about the water issue specifically like i've heard people say i mean that that recommendation is everywhere right drink your eight glasses of water per day uh i've also heard people say like like the fruitarian crowd will say you shouldn't drink water you should just get it from food and we're not really meant to be taking in extra water we're meant to just get it from our food and that's then we're not that thirsty you think it matters like does it is is drinking water good or bad my opinion is that people are over well two things my opinion is people i think um a lot of people are over drink over hydrating mm-hmm. i think that people are are not eating good diets and high super high and things like salt for instance and because they drink enough water. So it's sort of like, oh, I'm drinking my eight glasses, so therefore I can X, Y, Z, you know, or I'm, you know, it's a, it's kind of like this excuse, like, well, I drink water all day, so it doesn't really matter what I eat. It's like, well, no, it, it does. So I think I would go sort of middle ground on that. I would go, I drink, I mean, I drink water. So I'm, I'm just saying I drink water, but I don't drink a ton of water because I also get water from the food I eat. Last night I had a huge, one of my big freaking salads and it's, full of water, carrots and tomatoes and cucumbers and lettuce. There's water in there. So I don't feel thirsty that often when I'm eating the stuff I eat most days. I will definitely feel thirsty when I, if we go out for Thai food or something, I feel, I can tell when I have consumed something that I don't usually consume that it's so high in salt. Like I can tell. And then I, so then I know. Um, So I think that, I think the focus is too much on this sort of eight ounce. And I understand those recommendations have to appeal to everybody and they don't know what you do for your day and how tall you are and how heavy you are, thin you are. So they go like, in general, this much. Well, day to day, it it doesn't need that kind of level of thinking. Okay. That's great. I want to go back to the fiber though. Okay. Um, Because a lot of people don't eat a lot of fiber, right? So... You know, if you're eating a traditional standard diet, so maybe if you're listening to this and you're vegetarian or vegan, then you probably do eat a lot of fiber. But if you're eating a traditional American diet, standard American diet, you're probably not getting a ton of fiber. And if you were to start suddenly switching to all high fiber foods, 
would there be any issues? Yeah. Not issues, but like, you know, well, people no, might. What do you mean, Doug? <laughs> Doug, <laughs> just say it, Doug. I mean, you know, like I, sometimes I cook for people. I have people over and I like cook something up and they'll make like fiber jokes. You know, people just uh, if you're not used to eating that Will many they vegetables. they destroy your bathroom too before they go? I mean, I hope that they, they do it when they get home. But Yeah, <laughs> um, but you would adjust. And that's another reason why the three of us, we've talked about this before, but easing people in on these changes, even on a nutritional level, because um, certainly on a habitual habit behavior level, but but nutritional too, because it is an adjustment. Like your, your gut bacteria adjusts to how you eat most of the time. And when you make a stark change um, and everything else in your body does too, and when you make a stark change, you can create um, discomfort for sure. You know, especially in the fiber realm, people get I'll have a lot more gas. They'll say like, oh, I've been eating, I started eating whole plants and now I'm like, I have a ton of gas. Like it'll normalize. You just got to kind of hang with it. And, but yeah, most people don't, even vegans who are eating, you know, uh, tofurkey, you know, all the time that it's not a high fiber food. And so it's, it's going to be rough on your body when you transition to stuff. Like all of a sudden you're eating kale, you know, and it's like, that's a big difference. It's not, doesn't mean it's not healthy. It just means you got to take it easy because you'll, you'll definitely feel it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think the point is, you do adjust and probably for the better. Like, I mean, I think as far as that area goes, I feel like I, I think about that less than I ever did. Like it's sort of just that it takes five seconds and then and it's kind of it. <laughs> fair <laughs> to poop. I don't, I don't know what yeah. man's talking about, but I feel uncomfortable. Five seconds to poop. I just feel like that. I don't know. That all got way easier. It just it does. It totally does. It, it, it totally does. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely, it absolutely does. And there's I, no, there's none of the, uh, well, never mind. Should we do I a full like episode to, on this? I feel like I have to shower. Um, you guys, you know, Sid, you you have to be into the squatty potty, right? Oh, I have a. That's squatty a total potty. Sid thing. Yeah, you do. Okay, I, of course. Yeah. That next to your rebounder. No, my rebounder <laughs> and you your electric. Still, uh, you put your rebounder in the bathroom. You, st- you still and your grounded sheets. <laughs> yeah. What I have, I have my rebounder in my bathroom, so I I jump right up from the squatty potty and then I'm Perfect. on my rebounder. That's the way to do it. And then I jump in a cold shower and then I don't shower. So it's all, <laughs> it's all within five feet, everything I need to do on a given day. Um, no, my rebounder, I don't use much. Lisa does. I used it last week. It's what, what about a, your cellular health? It's missing a leg. And so you have to jump on sort of one side of it. <laughs> otherwise, it will tip over. Okay. Yeah, that's actually true. But <laughs> I, need to, I need to get that fixed. Yeah, you do. Your cells are probably suffering. No, no, it, it, they're okay. They're, okay. My cells are fine. No, I jumped. I did it last week. There's a, I have a 15 minute interval workout on that thing that will, it will, it is, it destroys me. Like it is a, yeah. such a good workout. I, it is hard. It's really is hard to bounce on those it's things. It's amazing. Yeah. Good. All right. Anyway, squatty potties, more bathroom talk. <laughs> Let's get back to that. Do you have a squatty potty, Doug? I don't, but they have them at uh, K's yoga studio. And I, I gave it a it shot and, uh, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I feel totally funny saying I'd rather enjoy it, but, um, but <laughs> because it doesn't seem like something you should ever enjoy, but I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. Can't you just bend over further, like at the waist? It does. It does. I thought about that too, but it's something about having your back. More, I don't, uh-huh. Doug, help I don't, me. I think it's I think, different than that. I guess that it, it aims it more out of the toilet, which would not be. Well, I don't goal. think it's about aim. I think it's, <laughs> it's not, it's know. not about aim. I'm saying if you bent over, if you just leaned yourself over. You'd be technically in the same position, but it, but it's something about. But then the you'd be ver- aiming in a different direction. I'm saying that's that. Yeah, exactly. It's you want it vertical. You want everything coming. <laughs> it's right. gra- it's gravitational is what, kind of what, we're, what I'm going for here. But see, I think that if you eat enough fiber from all these whole foods, then you don't really need the squatty potty. No, but I don't think the squatty potty is. Well, I'm sure it is to help people who 
have trouble in that regard. But I, th- I just think it's a more natural position. That's how I look mm. at it. Not mm. that, that not that I need it because I don't need enough fiber because I do, but and, or that I have trouble going because I don't. But I think it's just more. I think it's more of a natural position. Mm-hmm. It's more. It's more like you would go. Have you ever? I'm Doug. You're, you and Matt. You guys are trail runners. You know, so it's like, what do you do when you're out in the forest? It's closer to that than it is. Yeah, you know, I was just, it's it is approaching the natural. You don't That's you right. don't go out to the woods to use the, to go to the bathroom. You, That's you right. stay in your house, but That's you right. have that. That's exactly and, and couldn't have said yeah, it better. You, I just bring my squatty potty out to the woods with me. <laughs> no, do you, oh, is that what you do? <laughs> yeah, Doug has the do strap to his back. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. They, I got a carbon fiber one. This it's ultra light. Oh so man, man, that's nice. so nice. <laughs> that's how you roll. All right, yeah. let's move on to the next, <laughs> next rule. Number three. Um, can it's I? Funny that was rule number two, huh? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! I didn't even notice that. That's so <laughs> that is so good. How did we not? How did we not? God, that's so good. Oh man, that pisses me and off. The water that I didn't one kind of fits with rule number one. Water should have been number one. Fiber should have been number two. Fiber <laughs> number two. God, that's so good. Um, real. I'm gonna. Can I take a quick tangent? Yeah. Because this didn't make it into my into my post, but I've also been refer. Again, this is just a mindset issue. I've been referring to, and this is why it's never a vegan issue in this in this regard. But I refer to refined plants like the whole the white flour, white sugar, oil, protein powder kind of deal, and animals we raised for food. I've been referring to those things re- of recent uh, year, couple of years as technology. I just call it technology now. So, so when, when, when talking about food, I want people to think like, okay, well, it would be wild animals because we certainly have a history of eating wild animals and, and plants, you know, unadulterated, unrefined. So again, like I eat some technology, my single malt scotch is clearly technology i i'll have sometimes something like a tofurkey whatever and and on occasion that but i don't look to those things for any reason other than pleasure they're just the they're just the technology in my life and then and then there's food and and so i want to be helping people and myself also focus on how much food am i eating where's the am i eating enough food food and again this has been an effective way people like okay i don't have to overthink like that kind of thing. But if I'm just eating food and I'm focusing on food and then when it comes to wild animals, I don't, that's just not how I roll. I don't, I certainly don't have the time to go out and get one and I don't need to. Um, and so I just, to me, it's whole plants. But so I, I think it's been really helpful for some people to go, okay, that's technology. And it's not me saying not to eat it. It's just me saying, that's not your food. That's your fun. Mm -hmm. Great. Do it on some level. If there's no ethical boundaries in certain ways, then have at it but then focus on food in terms of what you need to live well. So that's, that's the only thing I would add to the, to the rules. Yeah. I think, I think there's definitely something to that. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I have referred to it often as food as entertainment and I don't, right. I, 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 that's not that great because I don't think people, people were so used to eating that eating technology, as you would say that mm. it's not even entertaining anymore because it's just, it's just what you're so used to eating and people think of it as regular food. So I don't think food as entertainment quite does, but I, I do think that is a a huge distinction that you can make and that you can come to make. And, and maybe it takes a while to get there take, for me, but it, over the course of 10 years now eating this way, um, I can very clearly make the distinction between when I am eating for fun and when I'm eating for every other reason you should eat. Well, not every other reason, because you can eat to comfort yourself and all that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, when I'm eating healthily and when I'm eating for fun. and And a lot of dinners that I used to think of as a good, healthy dinner, uh, you know, I, it occurs to me now that that is just, 
I eat that because it's fun to eat. And and that's, I, I don't know. I mean, not as good as not eating it, but I think just knowing the difference is a, it's a huge thing. So I, I think that's really important. I think that's a great point, and I think that um, that it also you would agree with me. I believe that that it doesn't mean that eating f- actual food isn't enjoyable, but right. it's but it's also other things, and that's what you were saying. But but then there's the technology part of it, and this definitely comes into play with the whole paleo, you know weird battle that I don't even know if it's still re- waging between vegan and I always thought that was ridiculous because vegan says what you don't eat and paleo says what you do eat but whatever um but the whole paleo idea of of where animals fit in it's like the paleolithic era people didn't eat the animals that we raise for food that are bred to be overweight and shot with antibiotics and hormones and chickens can't fly and you know all these crazy things that we're doing this is they bear very little resemblance to wild animals much in the same way that that olive oil bears very little resemblance to an olive. And and so if we think about it as something that we have created almost in a scientific, weird way, then we sort of go, okay, that's that, and I'll do less of that, or I'll do that on occasion, you know, like time and place oriented. But but day-to-day is that I'm going to eat food. And I, I just think it's, a, again, another... I just, of recent couple of years, people are like, oh, that makes sense. You know, like, okay, if I just think about food and then this stuff is not, (laughs) you know, and it's, I can consume it, but it's not, I don't think of it as food. Good. Yeah. Like it. Okay. So rule, rule three, Doug. Rule three. Yeah. To gain energy and maintain weight, focus on caloric density. Yeah. You you want me to weigh in on that? Yeah, I think might as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I want to preface this by saying that it is not, I don't believe in counting calories at all. This is just a general way of looking at food. Um, again, based on my work with clients, uh, and this is kind of how this came about, but people are, as they move to whole plants, sometimes they'll say they don't have enough energy, they feel a little lethargic. And what I want people to understand is as you move up the heavy box spec to light box to heavy box spectrum, as Matt was saying earlier, the plants you eat have in the space they take up have less calories than the lighter box foods in the space they take up. And that's why, um, you know, a tablespoon of olive oil is 120 calories. And that's the same calories as a head of lettuce. Well, if you move olive oil out of your diet and you start eating lettuce, most people don't eat an entire head of lettuce at a sitting. They're going to have a, a decent sized bowl, but that could only be 20, 30 calories. You have to to maintain the energy you need to do the things that you were previously doing and to keep doing those things, you need to eat what looks to be bigger portions to get the same calories. And I think that sometimes people are not eating enough. They're going like, well, have I, I eat plenty of vegetables, but calorically it's not plenty of vegetables. Um, it might be a lot less than they think. And so that's just something to keep an eye on that you have to consume bigger portions of food when you're eating heavy box whole plants than you would if you're eating, you know, earth balance on your white, on your sourdough bread. Yes, definitely. And there are a lot of people who, particularly athletes who I think you hear say, well, I tried, tried the vegan thing and it didn't really work for me because after, after three weeks, I just, I didn't have any energy and felt really sluggish during my runs and stuff. Right. And I, I do think that so much of that is just not eating enough. I mean, if you, if, especially when you go overnight vegan, and this is another reason to take the small step gradual approach. Right. Um, you know, it's very easy just to take away the animal products and replace them with broccoli or rice or potatoes or who knows what. And, you know, all those, although the potatoes and the rice have more calories per pound than, than broccoli would, 
they don't have nearly what what steak or cheese or whatever other animal product you replaced uh, did. And you might you might have thirty percent less calories on your plate or more if you just make that switch and don't. This doesn't occur to you that you need to eat more uh, to get the same amount. So and that and that happens to be why a lot of people, you know, why moving to a whole food plant based diet does cause people to lose weight inadvertently sometimes, whether because they want to or whether or not. Um, you know, they're just eating less calories, but feeling roughly as full. Now, I noticed in my in my transition to becoming vegetarian and then vegan that uh, I will feel as full at mealtime, but then I'm I digest it faster. And I don't you know I, I don't like to make these claims like things that are seem to me hard to measure. Things like well, this food digests way faster, so you feel lighter and better. Um, I don't know if it's true that this food digests faster, but I just I know that I am hungrier in between meals. So that's why I often end up eating snacks and things like that. And that's a whole other discussion with intermittent fasting. And do you want to have long gaps between your eating? Uh, and are snacks a good idea? Is grazing a good idea? But the point is, if you want to keep your calories up for me, it took more than just making sure I'm full at mealtime. Uh, I actually had to eat other snacks in between mealtime and make sure that, that those were sometimes fairly calorically dense, relatively speaking here, within the whole food plant-based world, um, calorically dense. So very, very important topic. And I think, Sid, you kind of qualified this at the beginning by saying, I'm not at all a fan of counting, so don't mistake this for counting calories. Uh, I think that's a really good point. And I think, in fact, you can go way further than that and say that this is something you can do instead of counting calories. Like, just look up one time Google caloric density scale and not maybe you'll get some scale results to buy a scale, but <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I mean, caloric density chart or something like that. And uh, you'll find sites from people that you know their names and just go to one of those, look at the list of foods and they'll a lot, some of them will have plant-based foods on there and some of them will also have animal products on there. And you just get a sense, I mean, if, I'm assuming most people listen to this, eat plant-based diets and don't eat animal products, but you'll get a sense just within the animal products or within the, sorry, within the plant-based products, um, you know, how, how vastly calories per pound differs between something like lettuce or just, you know, most non-starchy vegetables uh, ranging up to nuts and seeds and then beyond that to olive oil or any other kind of oil, uh, just how many calories fit in a given amount of space or in a given amount of weight. Usually it's a pound that they use this to, to measure or that, that it's all based on. Um, and if you, if you just know that roughly what that scale looks like, not even needing the numbers, just the order. And you kind of tend to stay near the top or near the bottom, depending on whether you're hoping to add some weight or lose some weight. Uh, it, it kind of removes the need for counting. And I know there are people who want to get way more specific than that and approach it differently, but I, I just think it's a really handy way of understanding your food, another little dimension to know about your food that really helps with those things. And that's why Chef AJ's whole thing is, is I guess, her, she puts the scale left to right and says, eat left of the red line. So all her foods that are on her weight loss diet are left of that red line, which is, I don't know, somewhere around the, the grains areas where that, that line gets drawn. But anyway... Uh, just, just adding that I think you are totally right, and more, more than you realize. This isn't just this isn't something where you need to be careful not to start counting calories. This is what you could do instead of counting calories if if you are looking for a way to get away from that. I think that's a great. I think that's a great point. I will add that the spectrum of heavy light box to heavy box is also a spectrum of of caloric uh, density. You know, the the light box are more calorically dense than the heavy box are less, and as you go up that 
you know, refined plants, animal products, whole plants, you get less calorically dense in the same space. I did a video for YouTube, my YouTube channel. I can't remember the title. I should have had it on, on hand, but, um, I, I, on a counter, I took a hundred calories of various foods. Uh, uh, and so I didn't do it by pound. I did it by calories. So I started with a hundred calories of olive oil, which is about a three quarter tablespoon. And I ended on the other side of it was a hundred calories of lettuce, which of course was a very big bowl. And it was just a visual way to see, wow, for the same exact calories, how much more food in space, I mean, you would eat if you were eating lettuce to get your calories and if you were eating olive oil to eat your calories. And, you know, some people, you know, they'll have a bowl of lettuce with dressing on it and they'll say, I'm having a big salad, but calorically what they're actually having is very little lettuce, like 30, 40 calories and a ton of oil that's in their dressing. It could be 500 calories and it doesn't even look like that much. So that's only four tablespoons uh, of most dressings. And so, um, it's a very big difference and it's just a way to, to basically be educated on both what you're eating currently and how to eat healthier and how to maintain enough energy to, to, again, to do what you want to do. And in case this is new to anyone, I mean, we've talked about it some, but in case this is new, this is not to be confused with nutrient density. I mean, they're, they're similar types of measures. We talked about that earlier in relation to the heavy box, light box thing, um, that, that a lot of nutrients per calories, that's a nutrient dense food. When we talk about caloric density, that's a lot of calories per pound or calories per amount of space so that you, right. you it changes how, how, I guess, how many calories you're, you're eating for a given level of satiety, your stomach being a given fullness, how many calories did it take to make that happen? Uh, which is why this is an easy way to, you know, influence your weight if that is your goal, up or down. That's right. Uh, one more thing, Sid. This, this, you mentioned the the little experiment of, of looking at various amount of foods and things like that. That reminds me of a popular demonstration I've seen, which is done with apples, where they say, look at look at these apples in a bowl, look at this apple juice in a glass that comes from these apples, and, you know, you, very clear measure of caloric density, how much smaller that, that juice glass is than the <laughs> apples. Uh, but they also blend the apples in that for a little middle ground. And they say, look at what happens when you would blend them into a smoothie. So you were, you were lowering the caloric density of your food, not in terms of pound, but in terms of how much of your stomach it fills up, right? The same amount of weight in a blended up apple, purely apple smoothie right. uh, than, as, as there would be in those same amount of apples in a bowl. But... It, the, this, it takes up a different amount of space in your stomach, right? When you blend it into a smoothie, it, it can sit, you know, in a small space at the bottom of your stomach rather than a lot more bulk when it is not blended up, unless you do a really, really good job of chewing it. I was just going to say, it's a digest, It's almost a digestive question. You, so, the, the, you know. Yeah. So it's, where I'm going then is you, I know, are a big fan of smoothies. And I just, a lot of people aren't. I personally am. I think they're wonderful for a ton of reasons. Uh, and I think it's kind of splitting hairs to be anti-smoothie, but, um, you know, how do you reconcile that with, with the advice to look at your caloric density? Well, and I guess, all, you, I guess, first of all, you, you're usually saying aim for more caloric density if you're not getting enough food. Yeah. That's th that. And I'm also, and also, you know, what goes in your smoothie. It's not like it, it appears like you're putting, you, you can see the physical size of the things that you're eating. And so if I, you know, last week I made a, one of my shakes with, I had 10, 10 bananas in it and I know it's 10 bananas. Well, I don't guzzle that shake. We've talked about this before. I, I, to me, like you said, like splitting hairs about the smoothie thing is, is, is nuts to me. Like it's, it's something that is a modern world convenience of how to get nutrition and also have a job and not have to spend a ton of time in the kitchen and go to work. Is it eat better to eat the 10 bananas? Of course. 
I don't really want to get into an argument with somebody about that. It's like, yes, of course it's better to eat the plants, but I have a job. So I can't necessarily eat four heads of kale, you know, while, you know, while Jeff's waiting for me to come upstairs, you know, whatever. So it's like, it's a convenience issue, but I understand that 10 bananas is what it is. And so that therefore I consume that throughout the day in, and I kind of sip it and I don't guzzle it. I haven't, I understand it that way. And so it's just, to me, it's like, we can be just so easily smart about this and make it really easy on ourselves instead of getting bent out of shape that it's a smoothie versus the 10 bananas themselves. Yeah. Good. For me, it is that, I mean, the convenience of a smoothie, you know, not necessarily just in, in the working world situation, but as far as being able to make a huge batch of that at the beginning of the day and having it in the refrigerator for when the kids come home, when they want so a snack, so um, or just as a way to, if I'm, if I wouldn't want to take a supplement, I can get into a smoothie. It's a really good way for me to make sure I eat a Brazil nut each day. Cause I try to do that. And the smoothie makes, makes me actually do it. Anything you're trying to get, if you're trying to get more green tea or turmeric, uh, I mean, all but things like onions and garlic. You can pretty much put them in your smoothie if that's if that's what you want. Uh, and and more important than any of this is how palatable a smoothie is compared to uh, the ingredients that are in a smoothie when they're not blended. And I get yep. you're you're giving up something small when you blend them and eat them that way, and you allow yourself to eat more of it. It's easier to binge on it if you have weight problems or you're trying to eat less. I get all that, uh, but. You know, when, when you're trying to get off of the Egg McMuffins for breakfast or, you know, whatever else people are used to stopping at the store on the way to work to get, uh, it's just it's just a no-brainer. It's just uh, the smoothie is 100 times better than that. And I think to say, well, it's not quite as good as if you were just to eat it, eat the ingredients without blending them, I just think that's missing the point entirely. And and people, if, if given the choice between their Egg McMuffin and the unblended ingredients in a smoothie, they're not going to make any changes and they're not going to eat those unblended ingredients. But they might they might go for a smoothie because it tastes good and, and it's easy to do and bring. Yeah, and even with the the calories in a smoothie being more, I guess you could say, because they're blended, they're still going to have less calories than the Egg McMuffin kind of deal, you know? And, and, and people right. need to understand, like, it's still, yes, kind of, but nowhere near what you would get from what people, sometimes, sometimes people are eating for breakfast, you know? So I did a, a I added up what I used to eat at McDonald's when I was in high school. I'd always get the same thing, uh, Big Mac, six piece chicken McNugget, large fries and a Coke. And I did the, I, uh, peop, peop, <laughs> I just, what I would eat is my, it was my usual, but people go when they find out, eat, find out I eat, you know, 10 bananas or I'll eat eight bananas and some berries or something. They go, Oh my gosh, that's, that's so much this and so much food. And I go, well, that McDonald's meal was 1594 calories. That that's why I did the math on it. It was 1594 calories. That was one. I would eat that thing in 15 minutes. So that's so calorically dense that it's no, uh, you know, when I drink my smoothie throughout the day, there's no comparison, not even close. Good. Like it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so rule number four wraps things up quite nicely, okay. I think, uh, and it is eat this way, mot. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Um, I don't think I mentioned this in my first book, but definitely in my second in the in the Raising Healthy Parents uh, book. Um, this is just, again, a lot of my stuff is philosophy and mindset because I'm finding that we, as much as we know about nutrition and healthy eating, it doesn't always... In fact, in most cases, it doesn't equate to us actually eating better and feeling better. So most of what I'm doing is try to get people past this micromanagement of nutrition and into the bigger questions of how to negotiate a healthy life in a very weird world that we live in. And one of the ways is is what I talk about is MOT, which is a most-of-the-time model. And 
how I see it is that the fact is, is everybody's happiness and health right now is, is an effect of what they do most of the time. I've talked about in the parent, in the healthy families book, I talked about, you know, a marriage. If you get into an argument now and then, but you're most of the time is you getting along, then your marriage is going to be good. If you're fighting most of the time, if that's your mot and you get along on Valentine's day, well, that's not a good marriage. And so Likewise with food, the one-off stuff, the the time and place, I'm traveling, I can't eat the perfect meal is not going to tank you. And, and and people get very wrapped up in this. I got to be doing this perfectly all the time. I can never have anything less than the perfect meal. And, and even in marriages, like anytime I hear somebody's married go, we never fight. I'm like, well, that's scary. Cause yeah, you, then you're not relating, you know, like it's just a natural part of life that we can't pull off a hundred percent. And nor should we try. And when we try to pull off 100%, that creates stress that is really, really prohibitive to living well. And so um, I just want people that this is about the mot. It is actually about that. And we can say, I never want to go out and I can't, I never go to parties and I can never travel. And yes, you could pull off the, the perfect diet, um, but you're going to pay for it, is my opinion. Good. Like it. So not just. I think what's what's kind of interesting here is that it's not just bend these rules so that you can stick to the diet uh, or bend these rules so that you can also enjoy your life. It's actually bend these rules so that you can get the most health out of this prescription, right? Because you're saying you're saying if you don't, it actually, it, although it seems like you're being healthier by making the healthier choice more often, uh, the stress that it causes you is actually going to negatively impact your health. That's that's your argument, right? It is my argument because you're making the choice. You're making the perfect choice, but only in one part of your life. And and mm-hmm. I think that that and that's and then by doing that, you are creating an imbalance with all the other parts of your life. You're saying I'm going to choose the perfect meal every single time, a hundred percent of times. That is a hundred percent going to negatively affect your relationships. It's going to affect your social life. It's going to affect your work. I mean, there's all these kinds of things. I'm not telling people on purpose, eat worse. I'm just saying you could find yourself in places where you can't eat a hundred percent, the perfect meal as you see it. I don't even know what that would be anyway, but you can't. And, and if you are so rigid that you can't even adjust in that, uh, context, you're going to, it's going to pay, you're going to pay in a negative way. So I am saying that you actually ironically live better by not being rigid and militant. You actually live a healthier, more vibrant life by being about joy and happiness and energy than you are about, uh, trying to pull off this thing that somebody else told you to eat hundred percent of times. Good. Love it. Which, which I think is a great way to close up or to like round out a, a series of rules, right? So, I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, here are the rules, here are the guidelines, but, you know, you can have a little flexibility with them. Exactly. And we talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, the, the, even the science shows, at least according to Dr. Furman, who, who I tend to read a lot of his stuff, uh, that, that either 5 or 10% of your calories up to that point of eating foods that are not, quote unquote, nutritarian for him, which includes animal products, but also includes refined plant foods, um, just not whole foods that up to that amount he has not seen and he does a lot of scientific research has not seen uh a negative impact for people having that amount of bad food whatever that bad food might look like for you um so you know eating this way most of the time let's just say it's 90 percent of the time not that you need to put that kind of strict number on there um 
it's quite possible that you're getting all the benefits of variety and being able to be flexible and getting to go to parties and preserving your relationships and having fun, all that stuff, potentially with zero negative impact on your health uh, as a result of the nutrition you're eating. Now, maybe the maybe the reason Furman points that out has to do with these these kind of indirect consequences that you lose some stress when you when you you know make little allowances here and there and indulge here and there uh and gain some of these 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 positive experiences maybe that's the reason for the improved health but the point is there is some science behind this it's not just wacky sid pointing out some uh (laughs) throwing out some ideas and saying you know don't worry about it by the way doug you mentioned that this is a great way to close out a set of rules i mentioned earlier that i wrote that rules blog post in the early days of knowing the athlete and that one ended with the rule to uh, bend these rules from time to time. So Sid and I have always kind of hit it off in terms of our philosophy and nutrition. And right. uh, it's a great example that both of our sets of rules end with this thing that a lot of sets of rules don't. They don't They don't usually often end with, with things like, you know, that, that seem to undermine the entire idea of a rule. Uh, but I bring that up because I need to promote the upcoming revised expanded edition of Nomad Athlete, that first book that I wrote back in 2013, which led to my meeting Sid on the book tour for it. Um, so it is, I guess we're five years later, and finally it is time to revise it. And they, we've added, I've added a bunch of recipes. Uh, I think 10 of them I added to the 50 that were in there. Robert Cheek added a little section about uh, a strength training plan. And then we, you know, kind of just went back and, and tweaked some of the content. My philosophies have changed a little bit. I didn't really touch on oil very much in this first book. Uh, and in fact, when I wrote this first book, I ate more not whole foods, more technology, as it might say. So change some things about that as well. So anyway, uh, if you want to get that book, it comes out on October 2nd, which is Tuesday. Uh, if you go to nomadathlete.com slash book dash info, uh, you will you will see the the all the links to the stores where you can buy it, which I need to do so that I don't favor one particular bookseller. But you can just go to your favorite bookseller that you that you may like to go to. Um, which may or may not own Whole Foods, and uh, <laughs> and when you do that, you can uh, you can just search for Nomad Athlete Revised or Nomad Athlete Updated, and you'll find the the newest one. So you can pre-order it before October second, or get it anywhere immediately right after that. So anyway, just a little that's, advertisement. So that's freaking! I didn't even know until you just until today that that that, that was happening. That's very cool. I know. I haven't really really talked about it, but I uh, know that's super it is cool. cool. Congratulations. Dude. Thank you. Did, were you were you smart enough to change the last rule to be Mott? Have a really cool name like that? <laughs> no, I did not do that uh, for fear that people would think oh, I was right. talking about Mott's because it's not. We're not not endorsing or, that you eat a bunch of applesauce or anything like that. Or 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 matza. Or matza, right? Matza. <laughs> wow. Is that an this, Italian saying? Matza. This took a, no, I mean, it is matza. <laughs> I think it came um, out Italian. <laughs> Not the- <laughs> it, 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 that definitely came out of Italian. No. Uh, matza, matza, matza. Uh, well, all right. I guess that's okay, it, huh? Dude. I think so. All right. Thanks Good. for having me on, you guys. This is always fun to to hang out with you guys, and I know we're in touch with the you know with 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 work, but it's always fun to just chat and have fun. And you guys, uh, you know, I love you guys and do and you're doing great work, and so good to be here. Yes, same to you, Sid. Always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I really, really love your philosophy and your work and think you're doing a great thing by just, you know, doing all those billion things that you're doing that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Well, thanks. So keep it up. 
Don't I forget, you can put your people in touch with my people. We can get our bands to play together soon. I think so. we should do a, oh man, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> How could it not be great? Musical genius. No, this is great. Thanks, thanks, Sid. And uh, Matt, we will be around next week. That's right. As always, we'll be back. Well, not as always, but most of the time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.